1: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride. It is Friday. Let's Ride is your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. Welcome back. It's Friday, folks. We are ready. We're ready for the weekend. We're ready for another Steelers game, right? Come on now. We got to get amped up for this stuff. We got to get excited. Remember, this is a process, and the Steelers are continuing to go through it. There are bumps and bruises along the way, but we, myself, and all the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast network, we are not going anywhere. So as the old 2-9er says before the Pittsburgh Penguins play, buckle up, baby. Let's get ready to go. And that's what we're going to do right here on this Let's Ride podcast. We have news, random thoughts. We have a rookie recap. We've got the previewing, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Pittsburgh Steelers game in Week 6. Keys to victory. We've got the, D- the DraftKings parlay coming up and a heart-to-heart at the end of the show. There is no all bets are off segment. No Jerome bets this week. He is traveling. I think he has a wedding to attend. And so we are going old school with NFL picks in the second half. When I say old school, for those of you that started listening to Let's Ride in 2020, you know what this is. It's just me. It's just me running through those picks, giving you my thoughts, and then giving you my prediction for the Steelers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week six at Acroshore Stadium. All right, let's start off with some news. I kind of have this, it's kind of like news slash random thoughts. I kind of merge them all together. So here's the thing. Obviously, I keep tabs on the injury report. And obviously, I keep tabs on Twitter. It is part of the job. And so when I'm watching these reporters, and we have not, as a fan base, and anyone that follows the Steelers beat writers on Twitter, we have not seen a lot of these videos from practice since training camp broke. I mean, you think about how I used to do the training camp recap articles. I would have all this stuff in these articles, videos, interviews. We just haven't seen it. And the, the media are allowed to typically film the individual parts of practice. So when the quarterbacks are just going through the motions, they're stretching, they're doing one-on-one drills, meaning the wide receivers are working together, the running backs, whatever the case may be. A lot of videos out there as they're showing players going through the motion, and you see Pat Fryermuth in a helmet, practice jersey on. He's carrying a football. They're smacking the arm, trying to get the football out as he's doing his, you know, they're practicing on spin moves and protecting the football coming out of that spin move. Then all of a sudden, so I'm, I see this, I quote tweet and say, wow, this is great. It is great to see Pat Fryermuth out there on the practice field. He, he had a concussion. It's his third diagnosed concussion in the last two years. That is a concern for his personal health and well-being. And so to see him back on the practice field on Wednesday, that was great to see. So I'm waiting for the injury report to come out. And on Wednesdays, we'll go over here in in a second. Well, he's listed as did not practice. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, this is really weird. So either the Steelers have a player who is number number 88 who... Has the same build as Pat Fryermuth, Looks like Pat Fryermuth. This dude was at practice. Now, I was not expecting a full practice participant. I was expecting him to be limited. But he's labeled as did not practice. So I took to Twitter. In no way, shape, or form am I taking credit for what happened. I took to Twitter and said, this is really weird. There's been a ton of video out there, all of it about how this guy was at practice. And then they say he didn't practice. Like, what the heck is going on? Well, then, shortly after, a couple of my Ride or Die crew members quote, tweeted at and shared my tweet with Burt Lawton and other Steelers PR people, and it wasn't shortly after that. I'll put it this way. It was shortly after that, and again, not taking credit, maybe just complete happenstance and coincidence, the Steelers release an updated injury report that has Pat Fryermuth as limited that's what that's how it happened i mean this organization whether it's they can't stream a press conference the cut and paste component with the the injury not the injury report with the depth chart prior to week one with kenny pickett the injury report stuff this is not the first time they've had to go back and make a change with injury report get it together people get it together now, I, I just, it's little things like that. I, I just think like, I feel like as an organization, it just all comes full circle. No, that doesn't impact the team, but it says a lot about the organization. So the other day, I'm at work. Something pops into my head like I normally do. I take to Twitter and I just put it out there. And I was all about, basically, what I said was after the last six quarters, anyone that says that Kenny Pickett hasn't, Visibly looked like the better option over Mitch Trubisky. Well, I just don't know what they're watching. What what game are you seeing that I'm not? And this just started a crazy firestorm of tweets. There were people having conversations in the comments. I really wanted to mute the tweet, but there were some of my followers that did want to ask me questions or did have insightful comments about it, so I couldn't do that. What, this, what is happening here? And when I say what's happening, what is happening here? In my opinion, is everyone is just so polarized with these two players. And when I say polarized, you can think about, you know, both ends of the polls, you're talking about one and the other. And it's not that everyone was in support of Mitch Trubisky. It was that there were people that didn't think Pickett was the guy. And then there's the other side of the coin where everyone was just all about Pickett. And a lot of those fans are also Pitt fans, and that's fine. That there's nothing wrong with that. But I will say this. If Kenny Pickett wants to silence some of these doubters, boy, it would be great for him to put some really good numbers out there. Because the one thing that everyone's saying is, yeah, the Steelers are moving the ball, but they're not scoring points. Yeah, he's moving the ball, but he's turned the ball over. Both factual statements. There, You cannot dispute that. You can talk about the Hail Mary interception. You can talk about hitting off receivers' hands. It doesn't matter. When you look at the statistical ledger, that's what you see. It would really benefit Kenny Pickett if he could get a non, have a non-rookie game, meaning he doesn't have one of those rookie mistakes. He just plays well. They put up points. He throws more than one touchdown pass, looks the part, plays the part, and it would just go a really long way to having – these type of debates kind of silence. Although I know it won't happen, I know it won't silence these critics, because I was critic critical of Mitch Trubisky, and even if Mitch Trubisky had a good game, I would say, "Hey, he had a good game," but I want to see it. I want to see more, and that's what it's going to turn into. If if Kenny Pickett goes out on Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Week Six and he throws for three hundred yards three touchdowns, and runs for another, totaling four touchdowns, what a game, with no interceptions, no fumbles, nothing. You you would hear people say, well, that's great, I want to see him do it again. And that that's, what, that's how this works here, folks, if you haven't figured it out yet. But Kenny Pickett-Mitch Trubisky debate, it's not so much Kenny versus Mitch, it's Kenny versus people that don't want Kenny, or don't believe in Kenny, or don't think KP8 is the guy. And there, hey, that's fine. That is fine. But speaking of Kenny Pickett, there was one... Okay, so... Like I said, I listen to these interviews. I always listen to the interviews, and I I really try to pay attention to some of this stuff that goes on. And I am privy to the transcripts that come out. And one of the things I noticed the other day was I was listening to Kenny Pickett's media availability on Wednesday, and he said some things that just kind of made me scratch my head. So then when the transcript was released, I go in and I check it out. Listen Listen to Kenny Pickett. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I even put this on our Slack channel, and no one said that I was, that they thought that I was just, hey, Jeff, you're going way too far here. So these are the quotes from Pickett on Wednesday during his media availability. I thought that was very interesting. And maybe maybe you're listening to this, and you think I'm reading too much into it, in which case, you know how to find me. Here's what he said, quote, This is from Kenny Pickett. I felt like today was a lot cleaner from a timing standpoint and in assignment. I think our guys really did a good job of studying the game plan and being more focused, something that we've been talking about, have less missed attempts in getting guys in the right spot. So really happy with the first day of work so far. So I read that and I'm thinking, man, I mean, listen to what he's saying, being more focused, something they've talked about, missed attempts, getting guys in the right spot. What in the hell were these guys doing before this? That's my question. I mean, this is damning for Mitch Trubisky for not demanding these players do this earlier. This is damning on the coaching staff. This is damning on the players themselves. I mean, think about what he is saying. But he continued another answer from Pickett, quote, I'm focusing on all the guys. There are certain plays that you know you're probably going to get a certain look where you want to get that rep in practice. That's something I definitely try to communicate to the guys like, hey, I'm looking at you first here. Let's get a full-speed rep at it so the first time we get it isn't in a game. End quote. Think about what he just said. He's saying to a receiver, when we get in this formation, this defense does this. So when they do this, I'm looking at you, okay? That's not, con- that's not abnormal, in my opinion. But then what he says after that is, let's get a full speed rep at it. So the first time we get it isn't in a game, which tells me that these players are going through the motions in practice. They are not giving full speed reps. Now, before I go any further, whether you like him or not, Whether you think he's good or not, whether you think he's the guy, the answer, the franchise doesn't matter, kudos to Kenny Pickett for coming in as a rookie and saying, we need to be better. In every stretch of this thing, we need to be better. We need to be practicing better. We need to prepare better. We need to demand better. That's exactly what he's doing. I give him a ton of credit, and so on my Slack on the Slack channel, I'd asked, you know, am I reading too much into it? And I'm not going to read you Kevin Smith, our, our local coach, who is co-host of the Here We Go Steelers show with Brian Davis every Friday. Check that out today at noon. He was just saying that this is really damning on Mike Tomlin, really damning, and he even went as far as to bringing up. The fact that Ben Roethlisberger last the last I don't know how many years didn't practice on Wednesdays, and saying that you know maybe if Mason Rudolph's in there throwing passes on a Wednesday, why would they go all out for a guy that's not going to be throwing them a pass in a game? Makes sense. Well, Kenny Pickett seems to be trying to reverse that, but that speaks volumes. You want to know where the offensive issues are? It is all over the place right now. It is all over the place right now. Will they listen? That's another that's a question we don't know. We don't have the answer to. But Kenny Pickett, from everyone you hear in, you know, talk about offensive linemen. I just listened to Jalen Warren earlier this morning. They all said that Kenny Pickett demands people to be in the right spot, to be prepared. Kudos. Kudos to that. Last random thought before we get started. You know, I'm I'll tell you what I'm getting really sick of. It's not fans' opinions on Twitter. Fans are entitled to their opinion. I've said it a million times, and I will continue to say that. You are entitled to your opinion. That does not mean I'm going to agree with it, and that does not mean that you're going to agree with me. But what I can't stand are these beat reporters that treat fans like second-class citizens and morons. I'll give you an example, and there's so many that I could state that it's sickening, but still, I'll give you an example. Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette tweets out on Thursday, I believe. Did you know that the Steelers have not thrown a touchdown pass to a wide receiver through five games? I mean, Jerry, come on. And I quote tweeted this and said, anyone with a brain between their ears and eyes in their skull knows this. Yes, we all know this. I mean, come on. Don't treat these fans like we're idiots. Like, we don't know football. Like, we haven't watched this team our whole lives. That we don't understand the simple statistic that no receivers have scored touchdowns yet this year. I just hate it. that You see these interactions? It, you know, I, I know that one of the biggest culprits for me was Ed Bouchette. And he retired. But he used to just lambaste fans and, and make them feel like they were lesser than. If I've ever done that to anyone on social media, anyone... I want you to let me know, and I will I will apologize to you on this podcast because I never, that's one of the things I've always said. I want people to be able to reach out to me, I want people to ask me questions, and I want them to know that, hey, you know what, he might not be right all the time, if you follow my parlays, you know I'm not, but he's at least going to give me an answer. He's going to respond. That's my goal. So that just really bugs me. So, you know, we don't have the all bets are off segment. So I'm going to be doing right now. We're going to talk about some of this stuff about the Steelers and Bucks coming up. In the second half, we're going to do the rookie recap, preview the game, give you the keys to victory. We're going to do our picks and we're going to split it up a little bit different. So if you're listening like Friday, you're used to that normal Friday flow. It's a little bit different. So let's go into how the Pittsburgh Steelers can stun the Bucks and Tom Brady. That's right. This team with all their warts with all their deficiencies are they're still capable of winning this game coming up on Sunday at Acre Shore Stadium it's not going to be easy and i do believe the longer i live the longer i have to watch tom brady that he is some form of zombie i mean my gosh that guy is 45 years old and he's outplaying outperforming players that are at least almost almost 20 years younger than him it's incredible tom brady is a zombie he could, but, you know, let's be honest here. I don't know how long he's going to play. I'm not saying this is his last year, but he could. this could likely be the last shot the Steelers get to beat this guy and to beat him in Pittsburgh. That has not happened much, meaning the Steelers have not beaten Tom Brady in Pittsburgh very often. It's the first time they've met him when he's not a Patriot, though. It's been done before, but, again, it won't be easy. When you look at this game, you look at the, the Buccaneers offense, and they have struggled to run the ball. They have really struggled to run the ball. We'll talk about that in the offensive keys. But you look at you talk about Godwin, Evans, Fournette, Brayton Miller. They've got weapons. They have got weapons. And when you hear this Steelers' injury report, that does strike fear. And then defensively, you know, we talked about the the Bills. We talked about the Buffalo Bills and all their rankings last week. Why? One, one, three, three, one. That's what it felt like. I think third or maybe maybe sixth was their worst. This is another really good defense. Another really good defense. You know, total yards, they're sixth, 309 a game. Passing, this is a defense they're giving up 193.4 sixth. Rushing, ah, they're giving up 115.6, 22nd. That's their worst ranking. And then points, only giving up 16.6, and that's sixth in the league. This is not going to be easy. To stun Tom Brady and the Buccaneers is not going to be easy. It is a tough stretch. It is tough on a rookie quarterback. And I'm not creating excuses, but we knew this was going to be difficult. We knew this was coming. We knew the stretch of Buffalo, Tampa, Miami, and Philly before the bye week was going to be unbelievably difficult. And it's living up to the billing, folks. It really is. But if the Steelers are going to win this game, and we'll talk about keys to victory coming out of the break, they are going to have to play their best game of the season. And I'm not even talking, week one was great, but it wasn't their best game. They were lucky to win, but it was not their best game. They are going to have to play their best game of the season to win this football game. What are those keys to victory? We're going to talk about that in the second half. But as we always do, right before the break, it's time for me to give you my DraftKings Sportsbook parlay. Ugh. I've been awful. Been awful. And it doesn't help that last week, you know, I have Pat Fryermuth being one of my guys, and he gets hurt and he's out. And so I, I can't, there goes that, there goes the parlay. The part of the parlay is the fact that you have three different bets they all have to hit for you to cash in. Big time. Every week this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage. That's right. If you live in Pennsylvania or in West Virginia, on Sunday, as of, I believe, 7 a.m., you will find this at the top, whether it's the app, whether it's the desktop, doesn't matter. And you can click on it, and it'll load up your ticket just with one click of a button. It's for all of you, the loyal fans. so this week, my parlay, all right. So I went with a little bit safer. Went a little bit safer this week. I was actually advised from the people with draftings like, hey man, like you're taking some risks. I'm like, yeah, I want to I want the payout for my guys or and gals. Anyone that's betting with me, I want I want them to be okay. And they said, take some easier bets. It's okay. We're okay, we're okay with that. So here's my parlay. The first leg of the parlay, George Pickens receiving yards, fifty or more plus one hundred. Okay, I'm comfortable with that now. after 102 yards two weeks ago and then 83 last week leading the team in rush and receiving, I'm comfortable there. 50 plus. The picket to Pickens connection is strong. So I like that leg. That's the first one. Second leg. Kenny Pickett passing yards. 250 plus. That's plus 130. So the reason I like this one is not only do I am I not sold on the Steelers running the football, But I also think that Kenny Pickett, if this game goes sideways, is going to have an endeavor like he did last week. They're going to have to throw it a bunch to try to stay in it. And if he throws it a bunch, 250 plus, I like it. That's plus 130. That's tough, but that's plus 130. Then lastly, Pittsburgh Steelers total points. And you're thinking, Jeff, why in the world would you take total points after they have three points last week? Why listen to Dave Schofield's stat geek? That's why. And typically, the week after they have a dud, They come back, they bounce back, they put some points on the board. And so this week, the total points of 17.5, I'm taking the over. And that's plus 105. So that parlay again. George Pickens receiving yards, 50 or more, that's plus 100. Kenny Pickett passing yards, 250 or more, 130. And then Pittsburgh total points, 17.5 plus 105. There you have it, folks. Be sure to check out the BTSC Twitter on Sunday. We'll have a link, an image right there for you, so you can bet all that right there on the site. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right. So let's hope I hit on one of these, hopefully, by the end of the season. But we'll be right back after this break. We've got keys to victory previewing this upcoming game. We've got, oh, so much stuff the NFL picks, heart to heart. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs>
0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: All right, kids. It, and welcome back to the second half of the show. It is all Jeff, the whole show today. All bets are off. They're off. Jerome Betts, Jeremy Betts is off. We got the rookie recap. We've got the preview. We've got the NFL picks. We're going to get it all for you. Let's start with that rookie recap like we do every Friday. You know, Kenny Pickett, like I talked about earlier in the show, a lot of people were down on him. I liked what I've seen. I've liked what I've seen. As he steadily has progressed, if he can continue to do that, he's going to prove by the end of the season that he is or could be that next franchise guy. And if that's the case, you just don't realize how important that is in terms of expediting this rebuilding process. Kenny Pickett, he does have to improve on third downs, does have to improve on the red zone. No one is stating that he doesn't but I like the way he's handling his business right now. George Pickens, I talked about the picket-to-Pickens connection in my DraftKings Sportsbook parlay. That is real, folks. George Pickens is turning into the wide receiver one option. He might not see the field as much as Deontay Johnson. He's becoming more reliable. In terms of trajectory, these two guys love it. They're skyrocketing. DeMarvin Leal, interesting case here. I love DeMarvin Leal, but I'm not sure I love how the Steelers are using him. They're putting him out on the edge at times, trying to do things like they do with TJ Watt. It just doesn't make sense. He, Yes, he is built more like Lamar Woodley. That's something our Shannon White has talked about. He does not have the athleticism or speed or the bend that Woodley did. I wish they would just plug him on the defensive line and let him wreak havoc there. I feel like that's his best case to be successful. But he is still playing some good football, and he's seeing more snaps. And as a rookie, that's important. Calvin Austin III, you all are probably wondering, is this the week he's going to be off the injured reserve list? Maybe, maybe not. They don't have to make that move right away. Saturday is probably the day that they would activate Calvin Austin. In the meantime, it remains a waiting game on whether or not he plays. Now, Cameron Hayward, when we get to the injury report here in a second, Cameron Hayward is a guy that could see increased snaps this week. He's been active every single game this season, relegated to just special teams duties, but with Zach Gentry nursing a knee injury, with Pat Freiermuth still nursing a concussion, he could get his shot. Now, keep in mind, we talk about the Pickett to Pickens, Pickett to Hayward, that is a that is a connection that has been strong since training camp. Those two have always found one another. You got to remember it was I think the one of the preseason games where they did a two-point conversion and and Pickett went to Canada and said, "I need Hayward in this for this play." I've I've repped this so many times with him. So he's going to be comfortable throwing Hayward the ball if he gets his repetitions. And Robinson, Mark Robinson, everyone wants to know where he is. He's still inactive on game days, and I don't see that changing any soon. Okay, let's preview this upcoming game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's look at the injury reports first, as we always do. We'll start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. On Wednesday, Deontay Johnson was limited with a hip. Cam Sutton, Akela Witherspoon, and Levi Wallace, all cornerbacks, did not practice. Sutton and Witherspoon with hamstrings, and Levi Wallace with a concussion. Now Terrell Edmonds, good news there, full participant. He should be out of the protocol this week, should be good to go. He was a full participant. Minka Fitzpatrick and Montravius Adams with their knee and hip did not practice, nor did Mason Cole with a foot injury and Zach Gentry with a knee. Friermuth with a concussion was limited, not Did not practice. Thank you, Steelers. Clown show. Larry O with a back. Did not practice. So what about Thursday? That's a telling day. Friday is the final injury report, but still, what about Thursday? Deontay Johnson goes from limited to full. That's good. He should be good to go. He said he's going to be good to go. But for the second day in a row, Sutton, Witherspoon, Hamstrings, did not practice. Levi Wallace returned to practice in a limited basis. Terrell Edmonds was full for the second straight day. So barring a massive setback, he should be good to go. Minka Fitzpatrick didn't practice for the second straight day. That's interesting, but I expect him to practice on Friday. I don't think he's going to miss a game with that knee injury. Montrevious Adams was a full participant with a hip. That's after he didn't practice on Wednesday. Excuse me. Mason Cole was still out with a foot injury. On Thursday, Zach Gentry was full. Pat Frymuth limited for a second straight day, and Larry O didn't practice. So if I'm doing my predictions here, Larry O not looking good. Zach Gentry, I think he'll be fine. Pat Frymuth... To be honest, not looking good. Limited for a second straight day. Unless he practices fully, I doubt he's going to be released. He'll definitely be, be questionable. I think back to last week with Terrell Edmonds. I just the I I have a, a gut feeling that Frymey is not going to play in this game. Montrevious Adams should be able to play. Mason Cole, that's a concern. You don't want your center. He said he's going to play. He's going to have to practice on Friday. Minka already said I think he's going to play. And unfortunately, I don't see Wallace playing. I don't see Witherspoon playing. And I don't see Sutton playing. And with Witherspoon, it drives me nuts. This would be the third game he's missed in a row. And this is one of those things. I said it when he got hurt. If he's going to be out for the long term, put him on IR. He misses four weeks, and he's back, and he's healthy. You could move around the roster wherever you want, that's frustrating. Let's look at the other side of the docket. We're going to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Thursday report. I'm just going to read you the Thursday report. Tight end Cameron Brait with a concussion was a full participant for the second straight day. Jalen Darden had a tooth injury. What the heck happens if you have a tooth injury? I don't know. He was a full participant. Carlton Davis, cornerback, was a full participant as well. So was Brashad Perryman, wide receiver, and uh, so was... um, Carl Nassib, the outside linebacker. Now, those that were limited, Donovan Smith with an elbow. He's a tackle. Uh, also, Russell Gage with an ankle, a wide receiver and safety. Mike Edwards was limited with an elbow. Uh, and then you look at did not practice. You had William Golston was rested. Chris Godwin was given rest. Hakeem uh, Hicks, defensive tackle. He did not practice with a foot injury. Julio Jones didn't practice for a second straight day with a knee. Sean Murphy bunting with a quad, a cornerback. He didn't practice, nor did Logan Ryan. So they have some notable injuries too here. But you talk about two teams that enter this game in completely different avenues. You talk about the Steelers 1-4 and just trying to stay relevant, just trying to win a game, losers of four in a row. Meanwhile, you have Tampa Bay, who's in first place at the NFC South at 3-2. and They are trying to stay ahead of the rest of the division. It is the current spread right now for those that care about that type of thing. Eight points. The Steelers are getting eight points at home. They are eight-point home underdogs with an over-under of 44. And then you look at the team records. We talked about that. In the last five games in this series, the Steelers have won four and lost one. The matchup history, Pittsburgh leads this uh, series 9-2. to Okay, so that's some interesting information there for you previewing this upcoming game. Let's talk about the keys to victory. Three on offense, three on defense, and I even did two on special teams. Why? Because it's been so bad. I feel like I need to address it, not that they're listening anyways. But still, here we go. On offense, keys to victory. For me, you got to open things up, especially on first down. Now, everything was skewed last week when you talk about run-pass ratio based on the fact that they were down so much. Yes, it was 10 to 3 after the first quarter, but it was 24 to 3 going into halftime. When you're down by that many points, you're not running your way back into it. So open things up. Make it easier on your rookie. Get some easy yardage, some easy point not points. I, I wish they get easy points. Some easy, easy yards on first down to really create some third and manageable down and distances. Next key balance is key. Uh, so far, the Steelers, they averaged 207 passing yards per game and 88.6 you're, I'm fine with the passing numbers going up, but my gosh, the running numbers have to go up as well. The Steelers just have to be balanced. If they can run the football, we talked about how against the run, the Tampa Bay Bucks defense is 22nd in the NFL. If they can get, I don't care if it's Jalen Warren. I don't care if it's Najee Harris, whoever it is, get them going, stay balanced. And for once, I'm not saying you got to keep it clean as in try to avoid it. No, you cannot turn the ball over. You cannot turn the ball over. The Steelers have given it away nine times so far in this season. A lot of those have come when Kenny Pickett's been in the game. Kenny Pickett's got to have a clean game. No turnovers, and the Steelers still carry a plus-one differential. I don't care. He has to play a clean game. On the defensive side of the football, help out the offense by having a better third-down defense and getting the ball away from Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is plus three in their differential. They've only turned it over six times, but the defense is going to have to make some plays if they present themselves. The second key, you got to stop the run. Tampa Bay is worse than Pittsburgh, 66 yards per game on the ground. You have to stop the run. It's not slow down the run. It's do not let them run the football. Do not let them run the ball. Make them one-dimensional. And then that ties into the last key, which is get Brady uncomfortable. He's only been sacked seven times this season. Get him off schedule, though. Get him moving. That is your only hope of avoiding a really nasty shootout. That's your only hope is from avoiding a shootout is to get Brady uncomfortable, off his mark, and off schedule. Do not let him get into rhythm. Steeler fans know that all too well. Whew. Okay, it is time. I haven't done this in two years, but it is time for NFL picks. That's right. It's just me, your host, Jeff, no one else joining me. It is time to take a look at my picks for this week against the spread. This is going to be it's going to be a crazy week in a lot of ways. But let's get things started off on Sunday at one o'clock. The New York Giants, Baltimore Ravens in New York. Baltimore is giving five and a half on the road. I'm actually taking the Giants, getting five and a half here. I don't think they're going to win it, but I think they're going to keep it close. It's a tough Giants team, tough defense with Wink Barkendale I like, yeah, whatever his name is, Wink up there in New York, former Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator. I like the Giants getting 5.5. Another AFC North game, the Cincinnati Bengals, the New Orleans Saints. Cincinnati Bengals are giving two on the road, but I like the Bengals. I think they're improving. They're not a bad football team. They're just figuring it out. I like the Bengals to cover on the road going to the 1 o'clock game against the Patriots and Browns in Cleveland. The New England Patriots are getting 2.5 points on the road. I like the New England Patriots here. I don't care who the quarterback is. They've proven they can run the football. This could be a low-scoring game, but I like the Patriots to get 2.5, keep it close, maybe even win outright. The San Francisco 49ers go to the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons plus 5 at home. I like the Falcons to keep this thing close. I don't think they're going to win a game. The Falcons have been playing teams close, and I think that holds true with the San Francisco 49ers going across the country. I'll take Atlanta getting five. The New York Jets plus seven and a half versus the Green Bay Packers on the road. This might be my crazy pick of the week, but I like the Jets plus seven and a half on the road. I don't think they're going to win. Aaron Rodgers is nursing a thumb injury, but I just think there's something about this Jets team. They just don't go away. And so with Zach Wilson, a quarterback, we saw what they did in Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. It kind of got them started. They won last week as well. I like the Jets on the road. I don't think they went out right, so don't put them on the money line. I like them to win, and keep, or to win, cover the spread, keep it close. The Jacksonville Jaguars go to the Indianapolis Colts. The Jaguars seem to have the Colts number. The Jags are getting plus two here on the road. I like the Jaguars plus two against the Colts. I am not a buyer in the Indianapolis Colts anymore. The Minnesota Vikings and the Miami Dolphins in South Beach. Minnesota is giving three and a half on the road. I like the Vikings because I don't know who's going to be the quarterback for Miami. I don't think it's Tua. I don't think it's Teddy Bridgewater. I like the Vikings even to cover that 3.5-point spread. Now at 4.05, the Arizona Cardinals and Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Seattle's getting 2.5 at home. Geno Smith and that Seattle team are are playing inspired football. I like Seattle to hold serve at home, getting 2.5 points, take the Seahawks over the Cardinals. Next, the Carolina Panthers, Los Angeles Rams in L.A. L.A.'s giving 10. Carolina doesn't have a quarterback. They just fired their head coach. I'm sorry, it's 10 points. I'm taking the Rams, giving 10 at home. I think Carolina is in a really bad way. Take the Rams, even with giving a double-digit spread. The game everyone wants to talk about. 425, the Buffalo Bills in the, at the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Buffalo's giving 2.5 points. That's right. They're giving two and a half points on the road. And I think they're going to go into Kansas city and they have revenge on their mind. They overlook the Steelers rightfully. So they should be healthier. Kansas city's coming off a big win over the Raiders, but that was costly in a lot of ways. I like the Buffalo bills to go into Kansas city, even giving two and a half into cover the Sunday night game. That's a good game as well. Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, is Dak Prescott going to be back? I don't know. It's in Philly. Dallas's defense has been maybe one of the most Non-talked-about stories so far for this team. Everyone wants to talk about Cooper Rush, but that defense is keeping them in games. I like Dallas' defense to keep Philly in check. I don't think they win, but a plus 6.5 on the road in a division game like this, I'm taking the Cowboys getting 6.5. On Monday Night Football, this game, I'm sorry on paper it seems exciting, but I'm not looking forward to this one. Denver Broncos, that, that team with Russell Wilson is just in shambles. Denver is getting getting four and a half on the road. They're in Los Angeles. I don't care. I like the Chargers giving four and a half. And let's go to the game that everyone cares about. Pittsburgh Steelers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Steelers are getting eight points at home. You know if you've listened to me for a long time that I am a sucker for the home underdog, and that includes with the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you've listened to me long enough, you know that I don't pick against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have listened to the stat geek. I have looked up my own research here. I like the Steelers to win this game. Yes, take them getting eight. Take them on the money line. The Steelers win this game 26 to 23. Chris Boswell field goal is the deciding factor. The Steelers beat Tom Brady. The Steelers break their streak. They finally win a game without TJ Watt. And all for at least a week. All is right. In Steelers Nation, that is right, folks. I say take the I take take the Steelers getting the points, but I have the Steelers winning twenty six to twenty three. So there's our NFL picks. Man, I haven't done that in a long time. I haven't done that in a long time. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Nothing against Jeremy Jerome Betts. I enjoy having Jeremy on the show, but there's something about the the OG ride or die crew. You all know what that was all about back in 2020. All right, let's finish this up with a heart-to-heart like we always do every Friday. My heart-to-heart is simple. Folks, I want you to put your bias aside. Put your bias aside. Accept your bias for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their success, the team's success, should be paramount. So I want you to think about that. Put your bias aside Accept the bias for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what's important here, folks. So you might not think that Kenny Pickett is the answer. You might not buy into that hype. You may think that this thing needs to be torn down and rebuilt. It doesn't matter what you think, as long as what you care the most about is that the Steelers succeed. So let me give you an example. If you are not a believer in Kenny Pickett, you're just not buying into that, but he turns out to be a really darn good quarterback and he is that guy. You shouldn't have your panties in a bunch because you were wrong. You should be excited because the Steelers found their franchise quarterback. Just for all, another example, is if if he does not turn out to be that guy, those that were always believing in Kenny Pickett should not just completely flip on the team. They shouldn't just throw play the blame game. Accept it. Understand that this is about the Steelers. This is not about a player. This is not about a coach. This is not about a position group. We are Steelers fans. The success of the Steelers is what should be the most important thing for you. Put your bias aside. You can have your favorites. There's nothing wrong with that. But put that bias aside and understand that what matters the most is the Pittsburgh Steelers winning. All right, folks, that does it for me this Friday show. I hope you have a great weekend. Make sure you check me out on the postgame show with myself, Brian and Dave. It's always a fun experience. I hope it's a more pleasurable one this week than it was last week, but still, uh, we'll see. We will see. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finished it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. I'll see you on the post-game show or my winners and losers on Monday. Have a great weekend. My I sleep three to four hours every night coffee
0: burning all to the morning
1: light
0: 18 plus.